before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams, and you're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Wow, what a what an amazing night for Donald Trump! <laughs> I got to tell you, CNN showed their true colors, didn't they? I'm sure all of you tuned in to see the CNN. If you didn't tune in, you certainly got all the clips you ever wanted to see on social media. But my goodness, Caitlin Collins, man, she she about ruined her career. She's due for a promotion. She's going to get a primetime slot. That was scheduled. But if CNN was had half a brain, they would have realized that everything I'm about to tell you is a fact. You know, that probably for the first time in in a decade... They will have beaten Fox News at the 8 p.m. slot. And, you know, that could have been something to grow on. They they say they have new management, but it, it, it was unbelievably off the charts. This is the this is the moderate CNN. This is the center left CNN. Could you imagine what the CNN was? Because I know none of us watched CNN to really get a flavor for how radical this state run uh, and by state I mean globalism by state I mean Klaus Schwab and BlackRock and by state I mean non-elected officials that basically dictate the terms of their existence and for the last 10 years more more I'm just saying 10 but it's way more than that. But it's been bad for a long time. And yet there's people like me and you that basically aren't buying it. And one of the things I couldn't uh, help but recognize watching this debate, uh, and you know, here's the funny thing. I just called it a debate by mistake. 
I called it a debate. It was not a debate. It was supposed to be a town hall. And when people were asking the questions, the questions were legit. They were pleasant. They were friendly. Politics, you didn't know who they voted for. You didn't, the CNN would tell you, but you didn't need to know where they come from or who they voted for or what their political bias is. CNN just throws that in. But for the most part, the questions that the people asked were great questions about the economy, about the border, about things that people care about, all the things that Biden is failing at. But see, Biden's really not failing according to Biden. Biden is probably doing more than Obama in appeasing and appealing to China and to the globalists movement and to the advance of the new world order, which is all about slave labor in BRICS nations and innovation, research and development and consumption in G7 nations, which is why they never wanted Trump to negotiate a deal where Vladimir Putin and Russia would enter G7 and make it G8 again. Because that would disrupt and throw out, throw up all the problems. They would it would basically introduce all kinds of problems with oil uh, rights and deals, and it would throw in all kinds of mo- uh, monkey wrenches into uh, their investments in Africa, in in all the cobalt mines and gold mines, and so you know it was basically a major disruption. What are they going to do with all that Iraqi oil that competes with Russia's oil? What are they going to do with that? You know, they, they tore up two countries uh, to, to pipe it down into Africa. Egypt and Libya are shells of themselves since Obama took office. When Obama took office, he got rid of Mubarak, replaced him with a Muslim Brotherhood dude named Morsi. And they murdered Gaddafi in the streets and set up Benghazi, all to finance and fuel their mercenary group called ISIS, which then ran pipelines out of Iraq, a rogue nation at that point, because we also murdered and threw out uh, uh, Saddam Hussein based on a false promise or a lie called weapons of mass destruction. But we couldn't have our way with Syria, even though we wanted to murder uh, Assad as well and do the same thing there. But Mother Russia said, nope. You're not going to have your way with Syria because we are best friends with Syria. And that's just not going to happen. And that's when Russia became enemy number one. Just like in Pakistan right now, they're arresting Imran Khan. And they're the former leader of Pakistan. Why did they throw him out of office? And why did they... Uh, arrest the leader of Pakistan because he said he didn't want to listen to the G7 nations that he wanted to continue buying his oil from Russia and they said no you ungrateful person we gave you so much money for your compliance and your your basic cooperation and Imran Khan said I'm sorry but uh, I'm going to get my oil I got to keep my people warm and they said that's not good enough you got to stay on the side of G7. And they decided to just murder. Uh, they're going to probably murder him, but they threw him, threw him out of office and arrested him. 
which is kind of what they're trying to do with Trump, right? Obviously. I mean, the E. Jean Carroll thing. I mean, that thing doesn't make sense from one cent, one end to the other. I learned something from the CNN debate town hall. It felt like a debate because the moderator, <laughs> the person who's supposed to just basically regurgitate questions asked by real people that happen to have good brains and are civilized, not like the Neanderthal, radical, libtarded, ridiculous, so-called journalists that they pretend to be at CNN with Caitlin Collins asking the questions, rude as can be, will forever be known now as nasty. Because that was, I loved it when Trump did that. She was asking these very rude questions. And Trump said, you know, you're nasty. You're a nasty person. It's exactly what you say to somebody. And then at the end, they shook hands. He said, good job. And and then stayed on stage while she left and cowered off like with her tail between her legs. Got off the stage as soon as she possibly could. Instead of standing there with Trump and being a gracious host for the program, they even cut it off early, I think. Because, you know, it's supposed to be an hour and a half. They could have ran those questions all the way up, but they had to have commentary. They had to spin it. And they got seven people, seven liberals on the CNN panel to basically call Trump a liar over and over and over and over again. That is not journalism, folks. That is far from it. So we have a bunch of clips we're going to play and we're going to analyze and take in for the show today about the Trump CNN so-called, in air quotes, town hall slash debate. But one thing I took away from that whole thing, Trump is not, Trump, it's not Trump is back. Trump never left. And Trump is still completely and utterly and totally relevant. I mean, when he was driving in to the event up in New Hampshire, there were people lining the streets for, for uh, long stretches of street, I don't know how the distance, but stuff that Biden has never seen in his, a day in his life because Biden and his crime family don't have a business. They don't make anything. They don't create anything. He regurgitates everything that's being told to him. He has a list of reporters and the questions in advance. He is nothing but a robot, a puppet, to his masters. He is a shell of a man. And never a man was he. So, there's other things we want to cover before we get into some of the clips, as we usually do. We uh, talk about a lot of the issues that we're going to cover for today. And I hesitate to even leave this one. I could do a full show just on the CNN town hall. I could do a full show on that, but I have other things I want to talk about as well. And one of them is Dianne Feinstein came back to Senate. She looked like a human corpse, a human walking corpse. She was in a wheelchair and there's a picture floating around of her and she looks 
Like she's been underground in a coffin for about three weeks. Honestly, it. What the first thing that came to my mind was why does she not resign? She's a liberal and she's a dirty trickster. Don't forget what she did against Kavanaugh. She was the trickster that pulled those that did the uh, Blase Ford thing. She was the hoaxer on that, on the Blase Ford thing. She was a she is a sinister, evil person. This Diane Feinstein. And what she did to Kavanaugh, the dirty, rotten tricks that she played, she is the devil incarnation. And let me just say that Diane Feinstein has no business in office. She can't even think straight. She should retire. But what is it about this power that is so enticing that, you know, like, they, they, you can't pull the Senate seat out of her cold, dark hands. You know, her, her basically, her cold, dead hands. It's like, you will not get this out of me, out of me until my cold, dead hands. You know, you, it's, 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 they just take it to their grave. It's so important to them, this power. What is it about the Senate seat? Is it a cover-up? Are they? What are they covering up? Why are these not normal people that say, you know, I think what would be best for the country is to have somebody with a full brain that's functioning, that can walk and talk. But you got Joe Biden running the country, and everybody knows he can't speak in complete sentences. Everybody knows it, and yet that's who's running the country. And he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's basically doing everything he can to move his way from the Trump agenda. But it turns out that last night they they reenact, reinstated, good news, Title 42 to stave off the, the, the what would have been a PR disaster for his, his uh, handlers who will not be able to explain the flood of people that are coming through the border. And meanwhile, these people are anticipating that the Title 42 is going to go away. So they're camping out there for weeks, trying to get a front seat, knowing full well that, you know, America has become this banana republic that one day it could be one policy and the next day it could be another. We are a joke to the world now, thanks to Joe Biden and his team. Really, his thanks to thanks to the liberals that are running Joe Biden, uh, and that's really it. But um, but they did reenact that because they had no spin. You know the pressure, like like I said, the pressure on the World Economic Forum and on Klaus Schwab and on BlackRock and the bad PR that they're getting because they're wrong all the time, and all the conspiracy theories to prove to be right, and all the news anchors were proved to be disinformation merchants uh, that got paid by BlackRock and their multinational corporations to say the things that they've been saying all these times. Lies and deception. And it was interesting to see CNN do that last night when they'd say, Trump still continues the lie about the election rigging. I was like, since when is that a lie? 
do you really honestly believe that Joe Biden got 81 million votes? And so one of the greatest questions in the town hall uh, group discussion that they had in the next hour, um, I guess on Anderson or somewhere, uh, I didn't watch it, but I saw a clip on social media. And the guy was asked, why does Trump, why, you know, why, why do you think Trump keeps on going back to 2020's election and saying that there was no rigging and telling that lie? Like they, they automatically just, just talk about the election rigging as a lie now. Like, like it's settled science, like the climate, right? Like somehow, okay, we, we, that's settled science. We, we all know that there's global warming. No, there isn't. There's a pause. There's all kinds of wrinkles in their argument. It's not settled science. Vaccines work. That's settled science. No, no, no. No, it's not settled science that the vaccines work. In fact, they don't work. In fact, there is no climate. Climate is a hoax to get to slavery. Just look at the Paris Agreement. Just look at the Belt and Road Initiative. Just look at TPP. And you'll see that what climate is all about is the new world order, which is BRICS will be the slaves and G7 will be the innovators. Climate. And climate is the insurance regulator, regulating body that enforces that the West can't manufacture and compete with the East and that the East will manufacture and not innovate and compete, not compete with the West. I mean, it's as simple as that. And a lot of globalists are going to get rich in the process because they already know it's a foregone conclusion and they've already gotten their seeds and invested in the corporations that are going to be getting the contracts. It's sort of like the military industrial complex, but it's the globalist industrial complex. And so the guy says, the guy says to the uh, moderator, hey, you keep asking the question. I said, he said, CNN's first question was election rigging. Why would, if, you, if you don't think that that's something that should be talked about, why was it your first question? Why? And he had no answer. Well, that's true. Uh, you know, it's really strange. CNN, just so not self-aware. All right, so we have that. And then one of the other things we have is that Biden is to restore, and I said this earlier, Trump-era border policy at the last minute. So according to internal documents obtained by CBS News, the Biden administration has finalized a sweeping restriction on asylum that it plans to use to increase swift deportations to migrants who cross the U.S.-Mexico border after the Title 42 pandemic era emergency policy expires on Thursday. The regulation was published on Wednesday, less than 48 hours before the 42, Title 42's expiration. So it says here, the Biden administration has finalized a sweeping restriction. And let's just see if this... Oh, that's just uh, uh, audio of... Um, people lined up trying to get into the country. The regulation, which is anticipated to be contested in federal court, represents the administration's reverting back to a Trump-era border policy. It disqualifies migrants from U.S. protection if they do not request refugee status in another country, such as Mexico, while traveling to the southern border. You know, I love the question at the town hall last night where they basically said, um, uh, why? Oh no! It wasn't it wasn't even it wasn't even there. 
It wasn't there. It was not at the town hall. But I, I remember seeing this question. Uh, it was in a committee yesterday. It was in a committee hearing. And basically they said, um, you could end you could end the uh, migrants and the fentanyl coming across the border. Uh, could our military—it uh, was uh, Kennedy, Senator Kennedy uh, from Louisiana, said, is it true? And he asked this person four times, and four times they did, he didn't get a response. He could not get an answer to this. Finally, on the fourth one, he, he got a sort of a reluctant answer. And the question was, could we stop fentanyl from coming across the border— if we sent our military down and worked with AMLO's military force and coordinated effort to get rid of the cartels, could we stop the drugs from flowing across our southern border? Could we? If we sent our military down. If she answers negatively, she's basically saying our military is worthless and weak. If she answers affirmatively, she's basically saying the problem could be solved in two seconds. So she was damned if she did, and she's damned if she didn't, in a sense, from her perspective. From my perspective and Kennedy's perspective, it was a clear no-brainer. End it now. Send our troops down now and fix the problem now. Stop the drugs from coming across the border now. Why not? Why not just do it? And that was the beauty of Trump when he was in power. He was basically, well, that's easy. You just send our troops down, we'll fix the problem. Build the wall, and we won't have this immigration problem. Build, just build the wall. That's it. Build it. Walls work, right? Walls and wheels, Trump said, and fire. Walls and wheels work. It's been around for as long as you could ever imagine, but walls and wheels work. Let's not try to reinvent the wheel with drones and, and heat-seeking technology and and all kinds of uh, cameras and surveillance and all kinds of things that don't work. Let's just build a wall and call it a day. You know, it's simple. Uh, put a big, big, beautiful door in the wall and make everybody take a number like you do at the deli. You know, number 62. Uh, they even do it at McDonald's. They, they got it down pat. You're number 478 for your cheeseburger, sir. Right. Just get in line, wait your turn, and do the right thing. And if you don't, you don't really have any business in America anyway. I like them apples. So, um, yeah, so Biden uh, is restoring that. That's good Good news there. All right, let's, let's see what else we got. Oh, you know, the, the uh, Santos the uh, young junior senator or junior congressman from uh, New York. Uh, they're calling, they had him arraigned. They're calling for his resignation. He, he's a, he's a liar and he's a, he's a, he's a terrible guy actually, but that doesn't mean he, he should resign. He's a Republican in New York state. You think you're going to get the best? <laughs> no, probably not, but I, I'm not a fan of his and I'm not defending him. And I really don't even know that much about his crime or what he did. But he got elected and he's in office and he's going to do whatever he wants to do, right? And I, I don't know enough about that case. Uh, to, I know he's done some bad things. He, he's impersonated someone else and said he was a different heritage and stuff like that. But um, 
But from what I understand, it's not really much that he did. I think that the Democrats see an opportunity and are going to try to get him on a hangnail, you know, try to get him on a jaywalking infraction because he's so compromised and they feel like they could flip that seat. Well, the media is, uh, the Bradford file writes this, the media is more focused on a $1,000 clerical error by a freshman member of Congress, Santos, than a family-run international money laundering conspiracy led by the President of the United States. Let that sink in. That's a very good point. I, I, I agree. Now, this is interesting. Um, Comer, James Comer, as promised yesterday, I was saying, you know, there's going to be a big deal. And I was going to play that, man. And at the time, I didn't even, of our show yesterday, I didn't know about this CNN thing. I would have talked about it. Uh, I thought that was great. A great opportunity for CNN. They blow it, obviously. They couldn't, they let their politics, uh, you know, just impede on their ability to be journalists. Um, but it turns out that uh, Christopher Ray was on the hot seat yesterday in, in, in Congress. The FBI refuses to comply with House GOP subpoena for a key document in the Biden family criminal scheme. So I guess Comer is going to go on to Plan B. Plan B is going to be a big reveal. And I also think that Plan B is going to involve impeachment um, because you can't have it both ways. If he's not going to get cooperation, like if they were to indict Hunter Biden and they were to indict him to try to blockade all the other bigger fish investigations and, and indict him on small fish, small potatoes indictments like the illegal gun possession or a couple of years of misfiling your taxes. That's what they want to, that's what they wanted to indict Hunter on. Right. And if they indict him on that, then they can't really pursue the other ones until those are done. And it was going to be that, that kind of game gamesmanship. And, Comer said, if you do that, we will go to plan B. You don't want plan B. And I think plan B would have been, we'll not, we'll not only impeach Merrick Garland for doing that, which will open up all kinds of disclosure during the impeachment process of an attorney general. We'll do the same thing with Mayorkas and impeach him too and get all kinds of discovery on those. But we'll also go as far as suggesting that the Biden administration himself, Biden himself, is covering up for his son. And either if Biden gives Hunter a pardon or Biden um, covers up and tells his DOJ and FBI to block documents, then I think Comer is going to open up an impeachment on Biden. And that's why you need Santos's vote. That's why Santos's vote is kind of important. Um, and that's why, you know, it's kind of an important story. Um, but I think that's the plan B, is not just to reveal all the LLCs and all the transactions and just go nuclear on that topic and go guns a-blazing, but also get it out there in an official capacity uh, in an impeachment trial for three different individuals, Mayorkas, Garland, probably Christopher Ray too, and uh, Biden, like four impeachments. But here it says this, 
The FBI refuses to comply with House GOP subpoena for uh, a key document in the Biden family criminal scheme. The FBI appears to be hiding an FBI-generated FD-1023 form that was revealed by a whistleblower. The form allegedly details an alleged criminal scheme involving the VP Biden, then VP Biden, and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decisions. The FBI responded to GOP requests with the following message. Sensitive law enforcement materials like FD-1023, confidential human source reporting forms, FD-1023, in which you have expressed interest, are critical to FBI's faithful execution of federal law and protection of U.S. national security. And FD-1023 is one of many forms the FBI uses to collect and catalog information for its law enforcement and national security work. This form is used by FBI agents to work to record unverified reporting from a confidential human source. Reporting by confidential human sources is one important form of highly sensitive law enforcement information upon which the FBI relies to develop leads, assesses, assess the credibility of potential evidence and sources, build investigations, and take action to enforce the criminal law and protect national security. So that was basically the letter. And... So he's basically covering up and not disclosing the document and using a shield. So Ray is refusing to confirm or deny the existence of, and he won't even confirm that the document exists. And the FBI is refusing to hand over a Bureau Confidential Human Source form allegedly describing a criminal scheme involving VP Joe Biden and an unnamed foreign national after a Comer subpoena. So there it is. It's uh, very interesting that this is uh, playing out the way it is. And again, they're not rolling over. They're not giving the documents. They're not cooperating in any way. And the White House press secretary, Jean-Pierre, keeps lying. FBI refused another article from the New York Post. FBI refuses to give Congress informant file alleging Biden took bribes as vice president. So there's three or four different articles that I posted that did all that, that went into all that. All right. So um, I want to get to, uh, let's see. Well, we're just going to go ahead back into, uh, to the, uh, oh, I wanted to, I want you to listen to this woman. Okay. This is uh Want to get these other things out of the way, and then we're going to tackle the uh, CNN event last night. So, uh, no one alive in the USA today deserves reparations for slavery. Okay, this was reparations. Listen to what this woman has to say. It's just absolutely stunningly amazing how good this is. Um, So, let's take a listen. You do not deserve reparations for slavery. People who never owned slaves do not owe anything to people who never were slaves. If a debt is owed to American slaves who are obviously no longer with us, then the debt is each of ours. Because we each benefit from living today in a nation that they, among many others, built. But it's not just white Americans who benefit. Especially the younger generations, they have never faced any legal or systemic racism despite what they claim. They deserve nothing other than what they have earned. Just because there are victim mentalities doesn't mean there are actual slaves, okay? 
There are white Americans whose ancestors paid the ultimate price fighting on behalf of the Union in the Civil War. Do they get a free pass from paying reparations? Since we're all taking on the sins of our fathers, are we also taking on their graces? There are white Americans whose ancestors never owned slaves. There are black Americans whose ancestors sold other black people into slavery. This isn't as black and white as we claim, and throwing money at people doesn't solve their problems, nor will it fix our current cultural obsession with race. There are white Americans who have no generational wealth that you all love to speak of, who have nothing. Americans of all colors who have nothing. What about them? If we're going to continue to hand out government aid, then it has to continue to be needs-based. And if you say black Americans need more because of a history that includes slavery, well, they will continue to benefit then disproportionately from needs-based aid. It's a win-win. But giving money to people, even if they don't need it, just because of who their ancestors were, is abhorrent. You cannot fix one wrong with another wrong. What about every single struggling American of every color? All right. So what she just said there in the last bit was so beautifully eloquated uh, uh, it was amazing when I heard it I was like wow that is the best explanation of equity and equality equity is when you actually give uh, someone some money to help them match the other person with money but equality is based on need so what she said that was so brilliant is, and I know that you know this too, but I'm just going to explain it and because uh, that's a show. But uh, no, the, uh, the, if in fact black people are struggling uh, then uh, because of their history, then if you give stuff out based on you know, needs, needs-based, giving, then they will qualify as a result of their black history. If that, in fact, is the case, that their black history caused them more struggle and disproportionately made them less wealthy today, then they will qualify for this needs-based aid. And they already have done a lot of that with, are you a minority? And you'll get like an extra point if you're a minority to qualify for some social aid, you know, on these, and, and they do that with uh, college admissions, you get a couple of extra points if you're a minority, you know, all this stuff. But equity is when, you know, is when you're trying to like level the playing field artificially. And the problem with equity too is it doesn't account for anything else. You could actually do more damage and harm by injecting cash and creating this level playing field, you could do more harm than good. Because if you put like, for example, somebody who's not there, there, there's a great, a lot of great examples of this in, in celebrity. How many people have you seen, ever seen that show behind the music? Every story ends with drug addiction. Every story ends in death. Every story ends with a a life cut short. Because there was a person from a blue-collar upbringing that wrote a few great songs, is, you know, creatively uh, talented, ends up becoming this superstar with a million dollars in the bank, and next thing you know, self-destructs. 
we've seen it like over and over again. These super talented uh, people that reached fame and fortune that that fall short because they couldn't handle it, or they you know they just weren't equipped. They didn't evolve into it. It just happened overnight, right? And so. You know, the problem with this kind of injection of cash is is all these unforeseen problems, these these uh, unintended consequences. And uh, that's what I think uh, happens when you play with Mother Nature. I think, you, you know, just let let nature flow. That's why I also believe that this multicultural diversity, equity, and inclusion deal is not healthy either. And I I also don't think that the technology that we're experiencing is healthy for humans. See, I mean, God created the earth and God created man. And we we are evolving as a creature, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a being, right? And, these things, you know, we evolve over time. We develop, we, we, we learn at a certain pace. But now we got this artificial intelligence that's going to be smarter than man. For the first time, technology is going to take a lead and, and actually uh, make it so men, man has to, has to follow um, technology instead of technology following man. You know, it gets into some really philosophical areas uh, that we need to uh, be careful about. John, you're uh, on the air. John from Chicago. Calling early today. Ah, Well, I wanted to uh, chime in on your question of equity versus equality. Equality, I would argue, just refers to equality before the law. Nothing more. Yes. If the results are unequal, then so be it. Equity results to refers to ensuring outcome uh, equality, and that is equality of results, which in any case I think is a disaster. Uh, to say that, well, we're going to, they don't just put a couple points on your resume, because let's say, particularly because you're black or other favored groups. It's way more than that. It's not just a thumb on the scale. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a, uh, a big body on the scale. If you look at some of the differences in terms of admission, even from medical school, as well as uh, law school for some of the, uh, the scores, the tests. These are vast differences. When these are revealed, people are actually shocked by how, how big the differences are for the average, say, white male or white Asian, I'm sorry, or Asian male who are uh, admitted or rejected from some particular school versus not, uh, or versus, say, a black male or a black female or a Latino. Or The differences are, are quite large and sometimes stunningly large and that that it, it, you know when you get into this well can give him a couple points you give him any points and it becomes more and more and more until it's a point where it's embarrassing so that's and that of course affects quality but it also says well what kind of society do we live in i mean when you have well, a very diverse society, and john you're going to have differences between groups and people and it's john no way around it. if you can't acknowledge that then we can't live together yeah and it's but, like that sorry. it's like that in anything i remember with wrestling um i used to be a wrestler and uh you know, there was this old saying, steel sharpens steel. So who your partners are and how hard you work in the practice room uh, has uh, an impact on how you perform, you know, when it's all things are equal on the mat 
in front of a crowd. And um, and uh, the harder you work, and the the more you know, the more you get beat, in a sense, the more you get better. You learn from losses more than you learn from wins. And so I, I think as an aggregate in the long term, I'm talking decades, when you start giving um, an, a, a certain race, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the handicap tees, you know, from a golfing perspective, you know, you have the blue tees, you have the black tees, and you have the white tees, you know, for different levels of competition. Um, at some point, they start to they start to fall to that level and now that's not even enough right they need more juice it's or it's it's sort of like someone who's hooked on painkillers right and the next thing Mm -hmm. you know they go to the operating table and the painkiller that they're normally supposed to get isn't enough anymore they need more right so it's you can make all kinds of metaphors to this point which is to say that equity is equity for so long until it's no longer equity, then you have to keep juicing it, like you said, with the points, right? They need more and more points to keep pace with society because they've been given that crutch for so long that they need two crutches now. Right, or they find that lowering a couple points doesn't get the result they want, which yeah. is what has happened. They load it, and they load it some more and some more and some more. <clears throat> you know, human beings, whether it be in school or in work, well, we have a tendency to take the path of least resistance. And so if you're going to lower the amount of work that needs to be done or lower the bar, then people will just shoot for that bar. And if they get above it, okay, great. But if they don't, well, they made it. Because the goal is to make that, get that job or get that whatever, get that money. And, uh, and then you create this, yeah, this, this dual expectations thing. And then people, of course, understand that and therefore come in with a predetermined bias which is not irrational if they say, well, this person wasn't held to the same standard as that person. And it becomes this giant, you know, chasing the rabbit kind of thing. Because, so, yeah, I, I, 100%. But they've used the term equity to confuse people because equity sounds like, what's equality? No. What they mean is equity of outcome. Huge not difference between of, equity and, and equality. Not even, not, not even equality of opportunity. Equality before the law. I don't guarantee anyone equality of opportunity because that, again, you're still chasing your tail. To say, well, how do you know this child had the same education? You know, I don't know. But that's up to their parents. And at some point, you know, they have to go after it themselves. And maybe they don't make it to where they want to, but their children can. And certainly within two generations in this country, you can. And look at how many immigrants whose children rise to the top. Yeah. That proves that to you. But just equality before the law. And that's why affirmative action is fundamentally unconstitutional and fundamentally wrong in this kind of society. Any society. Oh, actually. absolutely. But... But it's equality before the law. Because all men are created equal. All men are created equal, not equitable. In the eyes of God and and before the law. But that does not mean that you will have all the same opportunities. I'm not going to have the same opportunities as George Bush's child. And that's okay. I can I can deal with that and just you know make my own way. But I think that's the uh, the the language they use language to confuse people. And this is a, a perfect example as you as you stated. Yeah. Thank you for calling in today. Thanks. Thanks. Have a great day. All right. You too. Bye bye. All right. Um, so we are. I'm going to play this clip. This is um, the Lincoln Project guy, and I'm going to play this clip. This is the outrage that happened over Trump at the CNN town hall, and I got to be on my game here because he drops the f bomb a lot, 
and I hesitate to play this, but I'm going to hit the mute button every time it happens. If I make a mistake, please. But just listen to the. This is the. This is the. This is how apoplectic or crazy these liberals have become. And this guy, this guy that's speaking, I forget his name, but he was a McCain guy. He was a Republican at one point. He was the sort of Bushian kind of dude. Um, but let's take a listen to this. Um, I got I got it all marked out where I'm supposed to hit the mute button, but we're going to do our best. We're in a break now from the presidential uh, town hall for, with CNN, Caitlin Collins, and whatever they were going to get out of this, they instead have set a match to democracy once again. You are letting an insane person stand there and make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about rape. You make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about abortion, when he calls an African-American police officer a thug. This insanity should be public. You should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly bad for the country. And it's astoundingly bad, honestly, folks, for every other Republican candidate. And you saw this tonight. You know you can't beat him on the stage. Everybody else, oars up. Time to go to work because he's going to be the nominee. This I've never seen anything like it. It is a disaster of the highest. It is a disaster of the highest effing order is what he says at the end. All right. So he's basically saying Trump is beating our butts. He's just he, he can't stand it. Right. Trump just beat his butt. And they asked this question to CNN afterward. I guarantee you their ratings are through the roof, right? I guarantee it. But listen to this. This is the greatest. Uh, CNN asking a panel, a bunch of people sitting like in chairs. And CNN attempts to open the Trump town hall focus group with a gotcha question. And their talking head instantly gets owned. Let's take a listen. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's... Wait, did you hear that? How do you feel about those lies? Is that journalism? How do you feel about that view? That would be a better question, right? How do you feel about those lies? So unpack what he just said there, right? He was like, he keeps bringing it up. No, you brought it up. That was the first question that CNN asked. And they're blaming Trump for answering the question. If you ask me 20 years from now, when I, there's not, when Trump has probably passed away, and you ask me, and I'm an old man, and you ask me, what happened in the 2020 election? With not an axe to grind and nothing to gain, I promise you, I will tell you, there was a lot of election rigging going on. And how they did it was they mailed out all these ballots in the name of COVID. And they had pallet, ballot harvesters pick it up and fill out the ballots and drop them off over the course of a 30-day window and drop them in. And they didn't have signature verification in Pennsylvania and in Arizona and elsewhere. And where they did have it, they set the threshold to 10% so that most ballots that shouldn't have been counted were. There was election fraud 
in unbelievable uh, capacity. And in fact, Biden even admitted that there was election fraud in a statement. And everybody just announced it and covered it up. And it was basically uh, financed and funded and fueled by the globalists who basically can't win elections with their tyranny unless they rigged the elections. And Soros was involved. And then they didn't count these illegal ballots until after the election as needed. They would truck them in or whatever and then count them, knowing full well that they had enough ballots to win because they only brought in enough illegal ballots to sort of make it close but get outside of the recount. That would be my answer. Does it bother you that he keeps talking about 2020 and not 2024? I'll ask you first. This is Jonathan Leslie. He's 40, Republican, voted for Trump twice. How do you feel about those lies? So I feel like part of it's also the media narrative as you guys asked him the first question at the town hall about the 2020 election rather than current stuff. So don't you think he could say it's time for me to start talking about 2024 and not lies that aren't true? Couldn't the media ask him a question about 2024? Well, there were questions, but you're right. That was the first thing, but that's something that was on our mind. And that's why I was asked first. Mike McGlough, does it bother you that he keeps <laughs> that's, talking? That's complete. Like, listen to that clown. The guy was a total clown. So CNN just looked terrible last night. Uh, the event, uh, it was like a comedy show. Let's take a listen. Speaking of New York, I want to ask you about a significant verdict that was reached yesterday. I know this is something you want to weigh in on as well. A Manhattan jury found that sure. you sexually abused the writer E. Jean Carroll and defamed her. You've denied this. But what do you say to voters who say it disqualifies you from being president? Well, there aren't too many of them because my poll numbers just came out. They went up. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm... I think I'm I'm the only person in history who had a charge like that. And usually you you leave office. You say, I'm sorry, but I'm going to back home. I'm back home to my family and everything. I'm going to be resigned. My poll numbers went up and they went up with the other fake charge, too, because what's happening is they're doing this for election interference. This woman, I don't know her. I never met her. I have no idea who she is. I had a picture taken years ago with her and her husband, nice guy, John Johnson. He was a newscaster, very nice man. She called him an ape. Happens to be African-American. Called him an ape. The judge wouldn't allow us to put that in. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wouldn't allow to put that in. All of these things. He, but with her, they could put in anything. Access this Hollywood. This was a jury of nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so. because I Trump just nailed it. Uh, I thought he did great. This was the crowd going in. He was driving into the event in New Hampshire, lining the streets with his caravan, driving through flags, signs, everything. People love this guy. You don't get this for DeSantis. You don't get this for Biden. You don't get this for anybody but the guy that's actually throwing a... uh, a fist into the face of globalism. Let's take a listen to this question. So there were some legitimate questions. Let's take a listen to this. Hi, thank you so much for coming to New Hampshire to answer our questions. 
My question is regarding the economy. Over the past two years, we have seen the prices for everything skyrocket. From food to gas to utilities and insurance costs, many people's bills are up several hundred dollars a month, including mine. If elected president again, what is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. I love it. Drill, baby, drill. Drill for oil. Energy independence. That's what. So Jake Tapper was just apoplectic and he was beside himself. Uh, but uh, standing ovation for Donald Trump at the CNN town hall. You got that. Everybody's standing when he walked out on the stage. Right. Watch. Trump reads a list of things he did. Um Let's see. That's a longer clip. This uh, Caitlin Collins basically said, prologue to Canterbury Tales, you F-A-G, fag, she said. And she said, I don't know I, I want, if I want a room with a lesbian. Right? She said all these, these uh, tweets in the past, she was basically a homophobe. And all of a sudden she's working for CNN. Um, here's what she, he said about Ashley Babbitt. <laughs> Another three one hours, posed. over 140 officers were Talking injured Talking about J6. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And then killed. Caitlin Collins that lies. That killed her. There was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her, and she was a good person. She was a patriot. One there was no was reason. There. To, there was no reason. And he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. That the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed he her. But bragging. what part? Another- how, how could she say that he wasn't bragging? Why would he go on TV and talk about it? Why wouldn't he have any remorse? Right. Former President Trump pulls out screenshots of his tweets on January fifth and sixth, debunking everything that CNN lied about. Um, and here, let's take a listen to this one. Them and then had given you a subpoena to return. Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah. What's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? So rude. I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You're a nasty person, I'll tell you. <laughs> You're a nasty person, he said. And she was. She was absolutely disgusting. So now there's memes going around. I am getting my butt kicked. And Caitlin Collins. Caitlin Collins is disrespectful, rude, and nasty. Can I speak? Really? Are you sure? And so people are really lamb blasting her. She, she basically had an opportunity to shine and be a uh, respected journalist. She proved to be a political hack, and she's got baggage like there's no tomorrow. This woman, and she belongs on CNN and nowhere else. Tucker is going to reawaken Twitter, and more than likely, Twitter is going to be the next platform. It's called Next News. Uh, in any case, stay tuned for that. Well, you've been listening to The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. Use Red State as your promo code over at MyPillow. We'll see you next time Just on the radio. Bye, everybody.